Greetings, everyone. Jefferson Graham and Scott Bourne here with the iPhone Photo Show, where today we're going to talk about travel photography. We're going to sneak peek uh, at the WWDC, which is Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. And as always, Scott will have an expensive pick of the week, and I'll have a cheap one. Right, Scott? 88 bucks. Come on. Uh, that's $88 more than I've got, but that's okay. Scott has really nice tastes. Let's start off before we talk to Scott Kelby about travel photography. Let's quickly preview WWDC, which again is the Worldwide Developers Conference. It's when Apple introduces the latest software operating system upgrade, gives us a sneak peek at what that new iPhone will look like in the fall. Not necessarily photo features, not necessarily hardware photo features, but last year we got lots of information about new things they were doing with the camera app where they were, for instance, you could take a picture of a, a great statue in Italy and the app would then tell you what you were looking at. You would look it up on the spot. You could even ask Siri to do that. This year, I don't as far as the intelligence goes, it doesn't sound like a lot of really interesting photo stuff, but the great news is we're going to find out Monday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, just what Apple has up its sleeve. Um, and uh, tune in next week. We'll give you our take on what they announced at WDC. For right now, I want to segue r right away to our interview with Scott Kelby. It was really great. At one time, Scott was the number one photography book author in the world. I don't know if he still has that title, but he puts out a lot of them. And his latest book is called The Travel Photography Book. Scott is going to tell us about some of his favorite tips. And then after the interview, the other Scott, Scott Bourne, is going to tell you some of his favorite travel photography tips. So right now, let's go say hi to Scott Kelby. What number book is this now in your portfolio? It's either book 106 or 107. But understand it. I I didn't. I I I haven't. That's not all in one year. <laughs> <laughs> I it took two years to write. That. No, it's twenty over twenty five years. So my first book was written when my wife was pregnant with my son, and he's twenty five now. So that's that's twenty five years of doing of doing books. Let's tell everybody um, about the travel photography book. And this is your second book of twenty twenty two, or third, or fourth, or. Or what? No, it's it's number it's number one. I'm finished. I just finished number two. Uh, number two is uploading to the publisher today, yesterday, and today. So yeah, is, that was the first book of 2022. Okay, the travel photography book. Tell everybody about it. Yeah. So um, what it is is travel photography marries two things I love: travel. I love, love, love to travel. I love to vacation. I love to travel for work. I love any excuse I can to travel. So then marry that with something I dearly love, photography. And it was just a labor of love for me because uh, it's it's you're taking my passions and putting them together. But I, I see a lot of people come back from their holidays and they come back with what are snapshots. And snapshots are important because we want to remember our trip, Right. But as photographers, we want to come back with just beautiful images. And, and if you were to ask me, Scott, what, how, what's a successful travel image or what's a successful set of travel images? I would say it's when you look at the images and go, oh, man, where's this? I want to go there. If you get the person looking at your image to want to travel to that place, I think that you have made a, a significantly uh, important travel photo. I think that's what we're aiming for. We want to come back with pictures that you'd love to hang on your wall, 
right? And remember those great, the great trips and stuff. But so I wanted to put a book together that would very simply and very easily uh, go through that. And, and the, each page is just one particular topic. So it has maybe 12 or 13 chapters, and each one just covers a particular topic. There's one chapter on research before your trip. There's one chapter on um, equipment. Uh, there's one chapter on accessories. There's one chapter on what what to shoot. There's a chapter on what not to shoot. <laughs> there's all these things, you know, uh, and things that I've learned over the years and years and years of travel. And I just wanted to share every great tip and trip that I trick that I could to help people come back with those images they've always dreamed of coming back with. Well, let's talk about some of the tricks. Obviously, this show is targeted towards iPhone photographers. You know them well and love them. Um, any favorite iPhone tricks? Well, there's a whole about. chapter in, in the book on just iPhone tricks. Uh, there's an entire chapter. Um, I think the, the iPhone is an incredibly important travel photography uh, partner. And I, I don't treat the iPhone any differently than I do any other camera. It's a camera. And it's a great camera. It's a shockingly good camera. So I don't treat it uh, any differently. It's like, hey, this is this is this is what we're shooting with. I think there's there are things that the iPhone does way better than a DSLR or a mirrorless. Way better. For one, panos. I think people underplay how awesome the panos are, especially for travel. And the panoramas that that the iPhone makes are so much, so much easier than actually doing a panorama any other way. What's your pano yes. technique? Do you just stand there and and uh, move along, or do you? Is there what? What's the Scott Kelby pano technique? Well, I have a couple of different pano tips I would give you. Number one is don't go as wide as you think you should. Don't go very wide because actually a nice short pano seems to look better. And think about this. If you do a really, really wide, long pano and you share it on Instagram, it's going to be a little tiny sliver. So instead of going all the way from your far left, all the way to the far right, I kind of hold my phone in front of me flat and I just angle it a little bit and I go from left to right. Just don't go too far. And I think most people that shoot panos they go too far. And then if you view them on the phone, they're very tiny. If you view them on Instagram, they're very tiny. But if you go, let's just say that normally a really wide pano would be from all the way from left to right, one to 10. Instead of going one to 10, go one to five or one to six. So your pano is not as wide, but it looks great on your phone and it fills up your whole phone thing. So that that's one tip. Okay. When you get back, if you want a beautiful to put a beautiful pano on your wall, get it printed on canvas. And I got I even have a place for you to go. It's, it's, I'm not affiliated with them. I don't get a discount or anything. It's called discountcanvas.com. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Canvasdiscount.com. It's not plural. It's not canvas discounts. It's just canvasdiscount.com. Sign up for their newsletter. They will send you deals like blow your mind and i'm not kidding 90 percent off you'll get i got a, a a 30 by 40 canvas a 30 by 40 and i even show this in my in my live seminars jeff i show them the receipt because no one believes it it's a 30 by 40 on a wood frame wrapped around the edges with what you can put a white edge a black edge or you can wrap it around it was $29.90. Okay, well, I will make a print this weekend. Uh, before we move from panos, your half pano, your five out of 10, right? 
Yeah. How does that compare to an ultra wide shot? Does it give you a few more inches? Well, uh, it, an, an ultra wide shot adds distortion to the photo and it pushes the scene away from you. So that's the thing about wide angle. It literally, so if, if the mountains appear a hundred feet from you, when you use like the 0.5 camera on the iPhone, now they're 300 feet away from you. It actually moves the scene away from you. The pano actually moves it slightly closer to you. So it actually takes that mountain that's a hundred feet away and moves it to 80 feet away. It, it zooms in a little bit. So I, I, there is a, a big difference in the final image. Cause you could say, why don't you just take a regular picture and crop it, but you get extra resolution. The panos uh, are, are higher resolution because they're, they're wider and bigger. It's multiple photos, you know, put together. Uh, that's how they did those giant buildings in LA where they, they put a, an iPhone photo on a 45 story building is they were panos. And so they have more resolution. So there's lots of advantages to shooting panos. You can make them much larger because they have more pixels and, uh, and it also does not push the scene away like a wide angle does. All right. Now I believe you were recently in Prague. I was nine days in Prague. Ooh, my oh, first trip in like three pictures years. were unbelievable. Um, look on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. Uh, Scott Kelby's blog, scottkelby.com. How many of those were done on an iPhone, my friend? A number of them were done on an iPhone. In fact, I had to go look sometimes because some of the interior shots are so close on my iPhone, I couldn't tell if they were an iPhone or they were done with my mirrorless. And I'm using a Canon R6 mirrorless, a nice mirrorless camera with really nice lenses. But I would, uh, a, a lot of them on my blog, all the behind the scenes shots are all done with the with the phone. Um, but I also did panos with the phone. I did videos with the phone. I did, you know, I don't ever shoot video on my DSLR or mirrorless, never. I'm not even sure where the button is to, to, to do video. But on my iPhone, one of the things I realized that I was regretting from my travel photography was not shooting enough video. And so I really made it a point that I'm going to start really paying attention and shooting video and, and not for anything other than to be able to remember these moments. And what inspired me was I was in Venice with my brother, Jeffrey, my older brother and I take a trip every year together. And, um, and I have a video of him and my friend Mimo, who is my co-instructor on these workshops, but we were just visiting with him, with him in Venice. I have this great shot of them and this video on the uh, Academia Bridge in, in Venice and I'm like, I wish I had a hundred videos like this. And I realize I'm I'm so stuck on the stills that I'm missing all the other things that my phone will do. And so I I was trying to remember to shoot video, even if it's just us hanging out at dinner, just us hanging out at, at, a, at a great restaurant and stuff. Just take for 15 seconds of video, 30 seconds of video. And, and I love that. And that's I don't ever do it on my DSLR or mirrorless because then I'll get to deal with it. Now, what do I have? A bunch of clips and it's on my memory card and all that jazz. But on my phone, I can just tap and watch it at any time right there. And then if I wanted to, Jefferson, I could pull up my phone and watch that clip from, you know, four years ago in Venice uh, and with one tap. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to put it into an application. Uh, you know, uh, the ease of video on the iPhone is, is very alluring. And the quality is so good. It's stunning quality. Yeah, it's ridiculous quality. And the stabilization. 
that's in the video is very good. Like it's, I'm surprised at how well and how steady, cause my, I am not a steady hand for video. I'm not going to win any awards for, uh, for cinematography, except for the fact that the iPhone makes me look way better than I am. Uh, and I can handhold it. I, I put a grip on it sometimes, but I can handhold it and do really nicely. So yeah. Um, WWDC is on Monday. We're gonna, this show is going to uh, post on uh, Friday morning. So WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, and people like Scott and I, we get excited about this because new operating Ooh, yes. system for the iPhone, which means new features for the camera. So uh, anything that you're really hoping for to hear about? What I'm hoping for won't be at WWDC. So what I really want I had lunch with a buddy of mine a few months ago. We went to a burger place because that's what we do. And he had a Samsung S88, some kind of crazy thing. And it had a 10X optical zoom. And I played with it. And son of a gun, that thing is really, really nice. That won't come out if Apple does announce a, and I I'm, I'm like, I don't have any inside information, as you well know. Um, but if, if they did come up with that, that would be more in the September time frame. They announced the software editions at WWDC, which there will be. They always make the phone app and do the phone, the photos app in Apple's um, uh, uh, Apple's iPhone. <laughs> kind of went blank there. Uh, is terrific. It's really surprisingly good. And I wind up, you know, I have Lightroom on my phone, but I wind up probably doing most of my images just in Apple's photo because it's so easy. My photos are already there. Just jump in there and boom, boom, boom. But um, so I'm expecting some upgrades there. I'm expecting you're going to see some new features. Um, there are still some things that I'd like to see the, the software do, uh, because when I'm in it, there are a couple of things that I miss from um, from Lightroom. For example, there's no there's not a brush, really. There's not a brush to go make this part brighter, make this part darker. Everything's global. So I'd love to see a brush added. And I think there's a reasonable chance we'll get one. I think that it would that would be on my wish list for WWDC, and I think we could see that. But more than anything, what I really want is a 10x, a 15x, or a 20x zoom. Now, what do I think we're likely to get instead? I think instead, because this is the way Apple tends to do things, I think what Apple would do is give you a much higher megapixel camera. There's been rumors of a 48 megapixel camera and then tell you, well, you can make it any zoom you want. Just crop in. So just crop in and make it as, you know, you can make it like better than a 10X. And they would do a keynote presentation that would make you go, son of a gun, that's better than a 10X zoom. I think that's the most likely scenario. Uh, however, what I would really like, just give me a 10X zoom and I'll be I'll be happy. Uh, and a brush, an adjustment brush of some sort uh, would be very welcome uh, in the uh, at the WWDC, but I will be watching the keynote live as it happens because I really they do spend. You know, I I saw some some research that said the number one reason that people upgraded their iPhones is because of of uh, uh, the the camera. Yeah, like if they feel like it's going to be able because it's not like you look at your phone and go, man, I wish it would make a better call. <laughs> I wish there were better apps. No, but if your camera, I would pay for it. it would, I mean, I would absolutely upgrade just for a better camera. Now, also, I heard this. I read this in an article. And in the article, it said there are over 800 people at Apple whose full-time job is working on the camera and the photos app. Over 800 people. That's well, bigger than a lot of companies. Uh, what camera is the most used camera in the world? 
the iPhone. Yep, they they know by uploads and and what the uh, XF data is that more photos are uploaded from the iPhone than any other camera made. Period. Let me ask you this: I spoke last week about my workflow when I edit in the Apple Photos app. What I, what what sliders I use? What does Scott do? When, when Scott Kelby takes a picture in Prague and wants to beef it up, make it look a little prettier, what steps do you go through? So the first thing is auto, right? That's the first thing we yep, say. Uh, yep. Uh, and I will, uh, on, if I'm doing it on my laptop in the Photos app, I press Command-E uh, and it performs uh, a little bit of magic. <laughs> so Command-E, I'm not even sure what it does, but it looks a whole lot better. Um, so then the next thing I'm most likely to do is to uh, to just adjust the contrast. Uh, I like very contrasty photos, so I'm very likely to increase the amount of contrast and increase the whites and increase the blacks. So the white parts get whiter, the black parts get blacker, which is what contrast does in it in itself. Uh, then I'm most likely going to I might warm up the photo. I like my photos to be a little warmer, and depending on where you shoot, like if you're shooting indoors. Uh, or in the shade, it tends to make the photo a little more towards blue. And people and things usually look better warmer. So I'm likely to take the color slider over a little bit towards warm. It's just got warm to the right and cool to the left. And I'm more likely to just slide it over towards warm. Just a little bit. Just enough to make it. I don't want it to look yellow. I just want it to look, you know, make people look a little healthier and everything like that. And then I go to structure. There's a little structure slider. I believe it's called structure. Um no clarity. Let's see what it's called. Hold well, on. Here's, I'm here's, look, here's I, have, I got, got my phone right here. Exposure, brilliance, highlights, shadows, contrast, brightness, black point, saturation, vibrance, warmth, tint, sharpness, definition, noise reduction. Definition. I'm sorry. It's definition, not structure. Definition. Uh, definition is a magical slider. It kind of looks like a combination of Lightroom's clarity and Lightroom's texture in one slider. I really like that one a lot. I think definition is underplayed, and so is sharpness. So I'm, I'm going to that. Then that was the one I was looking for. Definition, not structure. Structure is from a plugin I use. So, so sorry, I used many many applications. So to find out more about Scott Kelby, scottkelby.com, kelby1.com yep. for education yeah. and training. And uh, one day uh, you might turn on Facebook and see Scott playing the drums or guitar. You never know. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> Thank you, Scott, for doing this. And we're, we're going to go back to Scott Bourne. So we'll say goodbye. And Cheers. All right, Scott Bourne. Now let's hear your favorite tra travel photography tips. You are famous for going to New Mexico every year and photographing bird migrations, and of course, many other places as well. Um, not always on an iPhone, but you did some iPhone work in New Mexico this year. What are some of your favorite travel photography tips? Well, I've done iPhone work around the country, and I've been around the world. I've even been to the North and South Pole. Um, not with an iPhone, though. Uh, my travel tips are somewhat generic and would apply to any camera, but the most important thing is I've spent a lot of time in Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, in Indian country. And working with Native Americans, the first thing I learned when I was a young kid and pulled my camera out to take a picture of one of them was, 
learn to ask for permission first, because there are places where it is a strict no-no to take somebody's picture at all or to take it without permission. Also, be very careful when you're in places that have other art. Recognize that other artists may not want their photo, uh, work photographed for fear of copying or copyright violations. So number one rule is always be polite. Always ask. Ask for permission about where you can stand. Ask for permission about what you can photograph. And remember when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Uh, you're, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. That's my first tip. Okay. Mine is to research before you leave the house. It's really easy to figure out what some of the best shots are by going onto stock photography sites and typing in the name of the place you're going to, uh, particularly if it's not some of those remote places that Scott Bourne likes to go to. If you're going this summer to Moab National Park, uh, or, I'm sorry, Ar Arches National Park, look up what some of the great shots are of the arches. And you'll get a pretty good idea of where you want to be, at what time you want to be there. The photos will give you, you know, lots of information. So what do you think about that, Scott? Um, I agree with that. I was going to get to that next probably. There, what you don't want to do is stand out in the middle of a busy street in a big city in Europe, for instance, staring down at a guidebook, wearing your Hawaiian shirt and your, in your straw hat looking completely clueless because that can make you a target for thieves and ridicule. But uh, there is no reason not to check out Instagram or Pinterest or any number of places online. First, you're going to go to Paris. You're going to photograph the Arc de Triomphe. You're going to photograph the Eiffel Tower. But I have one secret tip in travel photography that has served me very well. When you get to the cool place and you take the shot that everybody's expecting, turn around. Because there's often something cool behind you and you don't even know it. And if you're going to shoot the Eiffel Tower, scout ahead of time, left, right, north, south. Um, you know, I posted a picture the other day of it from behind. Which, which goes yeah. by Scott's theory, uh, you know, it looked really interesting from behind. It's an angle that most people don't usually think of getting because they usually do it you know, straight on. Um, so we talked about research and scouting on the first day. It's really important. I also like to look at postcards right when I get to town and look at postcards and see what the shots are locally as well. Um, and then the other thing is to look at the tourist magazines that are at the Visitors Bureau. Um, they've sort of been ruined, though, be because every other shot is a drone shot now. And, yeah, and they right. usually have these rules that say you can't use your drone. So that right. always cracks me right. up. I preach that there's no such thing as a cliche because unless you've got a picture of it, you're entitled to make your version of it. But I also don't want just those spots. I want to find out where the locals go. And this is something that Jefferson had taught me by watching his incredible photo walks TV series is that you ask a local. He never, ever, ever, ever times a million evers ever goes anywhere without tagging along with local photographer and they know the special spot for sunrise and sunset don't they jefferson they sure do and they've been incredibly helpful just like if you ever come to manhattan beach california i'll be happy to show you my favorite spots because 
Um, I guarantee you, if you helicopter into town, you're just not going to know. It's impossible to know uh, because, unless you have the experience of going down all the time. And that's what locals can offer you is their expertise. Now, before we go any further, I think we need to remind people about looking at really great travel photos and others on this wonderful website called the iPhone Photo Team. Yes, iPhonePhotoTeam.com is a site founded by myself, Mr. Shefferson Graham, Rich Harrington, and Dave Moser. The four of us have put this site together, and its only goal is to help you get the most out of your iPhone camera, whether you shoot video or stills. We've built an incredible community. We're approaching 600 people that are very engaged we have polls, we have contests, we have free tips, articles, ebooks, we have webinars, we have free Zoom chats, we have free classes. I mean, it's just incredible how much stuff we've been able to accumulate there. And we've only been at it, Jefferson, for about four months. And it's where you can find the show notes for this very podcast. So we hope you'll join up for free. Everything's free right now. iPhone photo team. Dot com. And while I'm talking about iPhone photo team, I also want to take a brief moment to mention that this show is possible because it's sponsored by my friend, Dr. Larry T, who founded and invented all the stuff at Planapod. And if you're going to go travel, I think the most absolute guaranteed important accessory you can take with you is a Planapod because many of the places that you will go have a no tripod rule but they don't ever complain about a platypod. It'll fit in your shirt pocket. You can tie it off on a tree, a branch, a fence post, a sign, and you can get a steady shot. So check out platypod.com. They have been very good to us. They were giving us prizes, Jefferson, to give away before they were even a sponsor. And they're very tied in with our community, and we appreciate their support. Speaking of prizes, we have some new prizes for the June photo contest, right? That's right. We do. Starting in June, we still have some stuff from Planapod, but Loom Cube has come along and offered us a whole bunch of really nice stuff that mobile content creators are gonna gonna love. And we have a post up there on the site about that. And we're gonna be adding to that. And if you're listening and you have something that you think would be valuable that our audience might appreciate and you want to kick down so that we can have surprises and mention you on the show, be sure to send us an email, iphonephotoshow at gmail.com. And on that note, it's time for picks of the week. And I'm going to start with the cheap one before we get to the $88 one. Um, I like to check out the Apple uh, App Store. They they usually have interesting articles there that picked, put a bunch of apps together. And today there was one that's called Print Your Photos on Anything. And it, it really struck me because we get a lot of questions at the iPhone photo team about what vendors do you like for canvas prints? What vendors do you like for making prints? And they sort of put them all together. It says, print your photos on anything, that magnificently cheesy photo of you and your dog posing together in matching hats can be so much more than just a frame print. It could also be a watch strap, a t-shirt, a bottle label. So yeah, you can get prints made at uh, CVS and Walgreens, but you can also do some of these unusual products at Artifact, Artifact Uprising, Print Studio, uh, Books, uh, Yo Shirt. It's worth checking out, and as always, this link will be on our show notes along with Scott's pick, which is... 
It's a set of Sony headphones. But before I talk about them, I'm going to say this is our 24th episode. We have nearly gone six months. And that pick that you just made is my favorite pick you've ever given. I looked at that and thought, this is incredible. This is an incredibly valuable source of information. Since I'm a guy that thinks printing is paramount in photography, I really, 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 really appreciate you making that pick because I learned from it. Now, my pick is a set of Sony headphones. Headphones, you might say, why do I need headphones? Well, if you're running video on an iPhone, which I am almost every day, and you're running audio, which I do less frequently, but still frequently enough, you need to monitor your audio because if your audio sucks, your video sucks. I am a headphone junkie. I probably have 30, 40 pair, but this is the best $88 pair of headphones you'll find. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. It's the Sony MDR 7506. And of course, we know those names are always important. Can't wait to try them out. Um, before we do that, we should remind everybody where we are, how to get in touch with us. Scott, why don't you go first? Well, I'm on Twitter, at Scott Bourne. I'm on Facebook, Scott Bourne. I'm on Instagram, Bourne.Scott. Don't ask me why it's different. And most of the time, I'm just hanging out at iPhone Photo Team. But I do have a website, ScottBourne.com. I don't post a lot of stuff there, but usually talks about any workshops I have going on or any special prints I have for sale, stuff like that. Uh, samples of a couple of my projects. Now, where can people find you, Jefferson? JeffersonGram.net, at JeffersonGram on Twitter and Instagram. Look for me uh, on, for the PhotoWalks TV series, youtube.com slash PhotoWalks TV. And I'm a regular at the iPhone photo team. So on that note, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Scott Kelby, for checking in with us. And we'll be back at you next week. And we'll uh, fill you in on WWDC and who knows what else. So thanks, everyone, for listening.